Hello everyone, welcome to That's What People Do. This week's episode we've been really looking forward to, mainly because there's a documentary out on a channel, new channel called Sky Crime. Yep. And uh, it's a, it has a two-part documentary called I Love You, Now Die. Yeah. And that is about a young lady called Michelle Carter. And that's who we're going to talk about today. Welcome, James. Hello, it's good to be here. Um, you're looking forward to this one, aren't we? I'm really looking forward to it. I'll have a good debate. But we've got quite a bit to talk about. So, um, as I said, if you haven't watched it already, I really would suggest you go and watch it. Yeah. Maybe pause us. We'll wait. Pause. And welcome back. If you have <laughs> just gone away and watched it, you'll have an idea of what we're going to talk about today. And you may be interested to join in as well. So do join in if you want to. Um, but again, for those who haven't watched it, um, it's about a young girl called Michelle Carter. And what I'll do instead is we'll read something first. We're going to start by reading stuff. So here's how we're going to do it. James, if you could read Michelle and I shall read Conrad, is that all right? Yeah, just make sure I'm in the right place. Yeah. I think, I'll, I think I'm in the right place. We'll see. So go on. Give it a go. Are you going to do it today? Yes. Like in the daytime? Should I? Yeah, it's less suspicious. You won't think about it as much, and you'll get it over with instead of waiting until the night. Yeah, then I will. Like where? Like, I could go in any enclosed area? Go in your truck and drive in a parking lot somewhere to a park or something. Do it now, like early. Like, why am I so hesitant lately? Like, two weeks ago... I was willing to try everything and now I'm worse, really bad, and I'm lol, not following through. It's eating me inside. You're so hesitant because you keep overthinking it and pushing it off. You just need to do it, Conrad. The more you push it off, the more it will eat you. You're ready and prepared. All you have to do is turn the generator on and be free and happy. No more putting it off, no more waiting. You're right. If you want it as bad as you say you do, it's time to do it today. Okay, I'm going to do it today. Do you promise? I promise, babe. I have to now. Like right now. Where do I go? And you can't break a promise and just go in a quiet parking lot or something. Are you going to do it now? I just don't know how to leave them, you know? Say you're going to go to the store or something. Like, I want them to know that I love them. They know. That's the one thing they definitely know. You're overthinking. I know. I'm overthinking. I've been overthinking for a while now. I know. You have to do it like you said. Are you going to do it now? I still haven't left yet, haha. Why? Leaving now. Okay. You can do this. Okay. I'm almost there. So shortly after these text messages were sent, Conrad Roy III, sitting in his Ford pickup truck in an empty Kmart car park, turns on a diesel generator and waits for the fumes to take him away. At some point, he becomes unconscious. And he becomes scared. So he jumps out the car and he rings Michelle where he tells her he's scared because he's working. But she tells him, get back in the car. Michelle tells a friend over text, his death is my fault. Like, honestly, I could have stopped it. It was, I was the one on the phone with him and he got out of the car because it was working and he got scared and I fucking told him to get back in because I knew that he would do it all over again the next day and I couldn't have him live the way he was living anymore. 
and he died. So, Conrad Roy III passed away in his Ford pickup truck outside the car park of a Kmart store. And I'm saying it's her fault, basically. So, so, so for context, the way we're doing this episode is Ryan is going to take the prosecution. I'm going to take the defence. Whether we necessarily agree with what we're saying, maybe not. But we're going to take it from each standpoint to try and have some form of debate around this. Because when I first watched a documentary and first started researching this, I was very much anti-Michelle Carter. Mm. I was very much prosecute her. And then as you hear the defence's pitch or case, y- you understand that there's a lot more depth to this yeah, than uh, first meets the eye. So the documentary that comes out, does it, it, it goes through Conrad Roy's suicide um, by sort of asphyxiation, by putting on a diesel generator in his car and him suffocating from the fumes. And the point being is that the case is saying Michelle Carter made him do it by proactively encouraging him to commit suicide via text all the time. Um, And this two-part documentary, an episode one, sides on the prosecution that is uh, against Michelle Carter, and then episode two is on the flip side and shows the case from the defense's side, uh, saying that Michelle Carter is not as bad or as, you know, guilty as you think and actually there's two sides to the story and so yeah we're just going to talk about it today so i really was interested in this story i really wanted to talk about it as my bad person for this week but i just i needed james to watch it i was like james dude you got to watch this episode this this is crazy this whole story is crazy it brings up so many moral and ethical questions it really does and i don't know if like you know I, I, I don't know if it can be resolved that easily. So I was like, please just watch this. And what we'll do is uh, this episode, we're just going to have a chat. We're just going to talk about it and see what we think because it's just so interesting. It's, it's like, speaking from a filmmaker point of view as well, the documentary is very well made. Very, very well made. Very impressive. Um, I was I was hooked from like the get-go. Yeah. From straight away, like the, some of the first opening uh, shots is that beach. Yeah. And just the odd text just yeah. pop up on the screen. And it's pretty much what we just read you. And it's it's amazing. It's, you just from the from the get go, you're like, wow, wow. So, so I don't really. So, like like I said, we we are trying to kind. Of, I'm this is my episode. I'm I'm trying to kind of do this a bit off the cuff. Normally, I have some sort of a script or somewhere to follow. This one, I kind of dropped the ball. I was like, should nah, we do some context? Just have a chat. Go on in. Let's start got? with some context. So the context is, Michelle and Conrad. I think they're both from Massachusetts. They, they are, live, which they is live, a word you can't say. Oh, it's a word I can't say. <laughs> I was hoping we'd blast past that. They live about an hour away from each other, and they met a handful of times, four or five times, and their, That's right, yeah. their relationship was based purely on text. They met in Florida, where their families, I think, were friends or had sort of houses or yep. beach houses like next to each other or something. Yes, and it, sorry. It was um, the family of Conrad... Their grandmother had yes. a home in this like nice lake district area, and then uh, Michelle's family also had a place nearby, and yeah. that's how they met. They went on a bike ride together, yes. and uh, it, they sort of just hit it off from there. Exchanged phone numbers, only met as you say, like in total about five times in yeah. their relationship. Their relationship was thousands upon thousands of text messages. Yeah, which is 
a very modern romance, isn't it? Really, absolutely. Like all mess. Like e- even nowadays, you don't necessarily meet partners in public, face to face. You meet via an app. Yeah. You know, soon, 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 it's going to become a thing where like parents are telling their kids how they met. You know, like, I'd ask my granddad how he met my nan, and he'd yeah. say, "Oh, she came down from Scotland for a little holiday, and uh, while she was there, I was working in the garage. I saw her walk past. I asked my mate who it was." And I, I got on a blind date with her. Yeah. It's like, now, you ask, like, you know, if, 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 our generation now, they're like, their grandkids are asking, how did you meet Nan? Ah, uh, there once was an app called Bumble. Yeah, Tinder. And, I, <laughs> and yeah. I swiped right, and so did she. What? Yeah, it's, it's, romance is dead, isn't it? But in this particular case, they seemed to really enjoy each other. Their relationship was a bit strange, and regrettably it ended with... Conrad, the th- Roy the Third. Yeah. Now the documentary, the documentary doesn't go into too much detail in terms of um, how the text messaging starts to get dark. It just kind of hits straight into it. Yeah. It, uh, it kind of tells you how they met, and then it kind of goes down like, yeah, we didn't really see Michelle. The family of his were like, yeah, we didn't really see her much. Like, um, we just knew that he was texting her all the time. Yeah. But what we do see is a video of Conrad about a month before he does commit suicide and he's sat in front of his camera talking to camera and he says how um you know he is socially awkward and anxious he has suffers from a lot of social anxiety and that makes him kind of feel a bit antisocial. but he does say how he and this is the thing that struck me when i watched it was how articulate he is mm. about how he is yeah he's very 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 aware of his mental health condition he knew the science behind it he knew the science behind it he he was very aware that his brain wasn't wired correctly or it wasn't producing enough uh, chemicals to Serotonin. make him to make him feel good yeah uh he knew that he had a good family a relatively good family structure which we can talk about later on yeah. Uh, but yeah, we knew he had a relatively good family structure. Uh, we knew that he was good at school, had friends, and yet for some reason he felt depressed and anxious all the time. Yeah. But then he does also make a point in the video that he wants to become more socially accepted. He yeah. wants to make more he of wants a to point, contribute to conversations. He wants to join in more and become that person. And then a month later, he's found dead in his car. Yeah. And how did we get to that point? So how did you get to that point? I think this is where we take the prosecution and defence standpoint. So, we find out that clearly he has mental health issues. Yeah. He has suicidal tendencies. And he also has a girlfriend. Now, being someone who is very, very close to you in that sense, he has clearly trusts her and yeah. tells her practically everything about himself and how he feels and stuff like that, including his suicidal thoughts. Uh, now, like I say, it doesn't go into the detail as to like how it gets gets to that point, but we start to see him talking about suicide and her going along with it and going, okay, sure, why not? Try bleach. Drink bleach. I hear that's good. Try sleeping pills. I hear that's good. Okay. So... I don't really know how to just just wade in with the defence. So, Michelle Carter, obviously, her actions right from the get-go were despicable. I don't think there's any qualms about that, that, that what she did was wrong. 
But then it, it does it gets to a point of did she break a law? And this this is where the defense really had a point. Did she break the law? She was charged with involuntary manslaughter. Yep. Well, that was the charge was brought. That against was the her. initial charge they wanted to bring on her, which is murdering someone Invo- uh, with reckless behaviour. With reckless behaviour, um, so it, no in, it, no intent in the killing. It's the equivalent of getting behind a car drunk, essentially. Some yeah, I think I think so. I think that's somewhat accurate. Um, but the problem is the, the difficulty you've got and the difficulty they had at the time. If I tell you, James, right now to jump off a bridge, yeah. if you jump off that bridge, it's is that fault. my fault or is that your fault? That's my fault. So why is she being charged for this? Exactly. Thank you for supporting the defence. Why? Well, no, <laughs> no, no. It's difficult. It's really difficult. I see it on both sides but and, I, and I will just you know, talk we'll, we'll, either well, way. I think we'll wade more into specifics. Though. I think there was a real point in this case where she sh- really fucked up. I think there's a vital point where she. There is a very specific up. point where she does. If fuck she up, doesn't, and that's do, what gets her. If she doesn't do one specific thing, she walks away. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, f- if you don't know, she is eventually sentenced for his death. Yeah. The sentence is suspended, I believe. It is a suspended sentence, so she will not. No, it was suspended whilst they. A suspended it. while they appealed, and then the appeal was denied year and a half later perhaps I think so yeah and, and then, then she went straight to February prison February 2019 she was put into prison for two years but she'll only do 15 months yeah and then she'll be suspended sentence then after yeah. that isn't it uh, so yeah she was found guilty of his of cause for causing his death uh, but there's a particular reason as to why she was found guilty and we'll talk about that in a minute uh, but going back a bit um, I don't the whole thing and that's that, that the the question that continually just sits in my mind is free speech and do yeah. you have free speech and if you do you can't be can you be held accountable for something you say yeah um and one thing they bring up in the series is a guy says if i if i point a gun at you and say jump off that bridge yeah uh and you say you don't want to do and then I said, no, jump off that bridge. Is that my fault? And then he's like, well, in that sense, like, you have a gun to that person. That's no, a It's threat. a different situation. It's a different situation. He was like, the whole point is, there was a phone call. He's in the car. Yeah. And the fumes start to work. Yeah. And he gets scared. He gets out the car. <laughs> he rings Michelle. And this is the difficulty. We only know what was said over the phone because Michelle tells us what was said over the phone. Yeah, there's text, a lot of dispute. In a text to a friend, okay? And she tells us that he says he's scared because it starts to work. And then she tells him to get back in the fucking car. Yeah. And then he does get back in the car. Now, that that was something that major thing that they debated initially was if is she guilty of his death because she told him to get back in the car because he has free will to just not do that. He doesn't have to do that. That that's the bit that really got her. I think if she doesn't tell him to get back in the car, she walks away. Exactly. So she's she's found guilty for somewhat causing his death because. Before he he rang her, she had no idea he was about to do it at any point. He said, okay, I'm going to do it, right? That was his last text to her was, okay, I'm almost there, right? From then on, she has no idea whether he will or will not do it, right? But the moment she calls him, he calls her, sorry, 
and says, it's working, I'm scared. She says, get back in the car. That's her moment to say, okay, look, you've tried it. It didn't work. Stop it now. She, she could have stopped his death in that moment. That's the moment where she could have said, all right, don't be a twat. Come on, stop it now. Pack it in. Yeah, she could have. She could have. She could have, but she didn't. And that's that's uh, what what gets her out done, really. That's what makes gets her undone. There's a whole other side to it as well. I'm sure you'll go into it as the as the prosecution. Yeah, kind of that kind of dropped already, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, of the um. Her her knee her she she has mental health health issues. I think that much is very apparent to everyone that studies her that she she also needs help, and I think it was two helpless people that kind of found each other. And throughout her life, she's being a social outcast, and she was consistently looking for ways to be accepted Mm. yeah it was said she had no friends a a, a large portion of this case of the prosecution's case was that she did this so she could be seen as the grieving girlfriend so that her friends would give her sympathy so that people would give her attention for a while i agreed with that i thought that's exactly what she's doing but i'm not too sure i think there's an aspect of that because the day after he dies she texts her friend and says please can we hang out i don't, I don't want to be by myself so yeah. she used the death of conrad uh, to, something... to to get friends who who didn't want to hang out with her they testified that they would talk in school they would text occasionally but every time michelle asked them to hang out outside school they would find an excuse not to they didn't want to hang out with her and she would be persistent with asking them yeah it's one of those things that they literally they only really hung out because they went to the same school together and then the same class together and exactly. it just was convenient to hang out yeah but outside of school they weren't that interested in hanging out for her. No. she seemed to be a bit of an outcast really she didn't have any friends there's some of the texts that she's sending to her friends it's just like do you like me mm. and she's like yeah. It's clear that she has severe anxiety and she is on medication for this anxiety. Yeah. Which is a big point in the defense's case where a psychiatrist comes in and says that she could be involuntary intoxicated. Yeah. I believe. Uh yes, that's right, yeah. Where she is on so much anxiety uh anxiety medica- medication and what have you, she could be manic, she could be psychotic, she could not have a good grasp on reality, mm. which is why she, she Sorry, my dog is scratching at the door and trying to get in. It's really distracting. Mm-hmm. So she could... So her, her standpoint changes because he tried to kill himself early on with an overdose and his parents knew about it. Yep. They thought he got help. They thought he got better. Michelle from this point was supporting him, being like, I'll support you. There is support you can get. We can find you a place to go. She was actively trying to get Conrad help for his depression and suicidal thoughts. Mm. And then there becomes a point where it just seems to just change for not really much reason which is why i think the point of she was on these drugs and it was affecting her judgment i i I think that's quite an interesting standpoint because maybe the drugs were affecting her judgment or maybe there is the point that she saw how much pain he was in and saw how much that he wanted to actually kill himself because he attempted to do it before that she thought in her world, she thought she was doing the right thing by telling him to do it because that's what he wanted. So maybe she thought that's what he wants and she was doing what was right for him. And yeah. now she has to face the consequences of that 
it, uh, like it's difficult, right? So um, in our country uh, at the moment, there is a bit of a movement in terms of uh, uh, not assisted suicide, but someone's assisted euthanasia. This assisted is what I was euthanasia. About as I was watching this documentary. Yeah. So there's a thing where there's there's a couple of people in the UK who are uh, unfortunately severely physically disabled to the point they they can't do anything on their own uh, and they need twenty four seven care. But one thing they do want is the ability to choose when they can have when they can end their life. Now in the UK, obviously, it's illegal to do that. It's illegal to assist um, a suicide or euthanasia. Yeah. Um, and you find a lot of Brits who do decide to do that going to Switzerland, mm-hmm. where there is a clinic where you can uh, take your own life by your own choice. Yeah. Now, quite a few Brits have you know gone on to do that. And it's they've been threatened by the UK government quite a bit, saying, you know, you can be prosecuted for the assisted suicide. But I think it's about jurisdictions and whatnot, because it's not in the UK. It doesn't, it's not the same. But like I said, there's a bit of a, a little movement going on at the moment where should people be allowed to take their own life um, when they want to and not suffer, you know, repercussions for that. Mm. Now, I had this discussion with my girlfriend the other day and... Uh, we we tried to I I tried to sort of com, com, uh, compare the two of having a severe mental health illness that makes you want to kill yourself and being so physically uh, enabled that you know you're you you want to you want to end your own life by your own choice and I concluded that 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 conversation only goes so far in that um, if you are physically disabled to the point where you know you know, you, you, that that is your life. Chances are, obviously, that that is your life. You're not going to get any better. This is this this is the this is the you know the the hand you've been dealt. Um, if you choose to take your own life, you've got a lot of time to think about that. You're also very aware that this isn't going to change anytime soon. So that it's it's a constant, you know. And so when you decide to make that decision, you know that you're making that decision because there is no other option. Whereas when you have mental health issues, mental health issues can be so powerful and so strong that you do want to kill yourself, but there is always help. Yeah. And that's the difference, is that there is always help. So when Michelle's thinking maybe, for whatever reason, oh, uh, I, I want him to do it because I know that he's only going to try it again tomorrow, so why don't you just do it and do it properly so that I know you'll be happy. He won't be happy, he'll be dead. He won't know. He'll be out of this misery. Yeah, sure. He he he, he won't know because once you're dead, you're dead. That's it. There's nothing else after that. He's not exactly going to be sitting anywhere because the amount of text that was sent where she's saying, "I'll be looking up at the sky, knowing you're looking down at me, and I know that you're happy and you'll be with Jesus and all this sort of stuff." No, that's bollocks. There is nothing after you die. He will just be done. Get him some fucking help. Yeah. Stop. Stop pushing him to do it. Start pushing him to go to a doctor. Start pushing him to call his mum and tell her or his dad and sort that out, you know? That's the bit where I'm like, you're fucking stupid and you actively encourage this behaviour. And yes, she didn't She didn't put him in the car. She didn't put on the generator. She didn't lock the car doors so that he couldn't get out. She didn't do any of that. But over the months and months and months and months beforehand, she's been pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and just dropping those little nuggets of like you know try that try that try that 
to the point where he thinks that that is normal. He even texts her at one point and says, I don't think talking to you was is a good thing about this because you're so supportive of my decision. He's so aware of it that it's a bad decision and she's been supportive and he knows that that's not good. Yeah. I rest my case. The, 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 uh, I mean, as a defense, I should say I agree that, that she shouldn't have told him to get back in the car. Obviously, from our point of view, it's easy to say that if we had a loved one who said, I'm going to kill myself, I'm going to get a generator and suffocate myself in my car, we wouldn't text them, do it. We would be in our cars and fucking get into them mm. quick. We'd drop everything. Yeah. Whereas in this case, I feel you've got a lad who has tried killing himself before. He'll probably try killing himself again. Yeah. I think it's impossible to say, but I think without Michelle Carter's involvement, he still kills himself at some point. It's impossible to say for definite. I think he does. He's tried it before. It was a half assed attempt overdosing. And she, I think, did she give him the idea of generator? I think she does. Yeah. The, the, the issue here is when he hesitates. When he hesitates and gets out the car, that is when she should step in and say, okay, go into the Kmart, tell them what you're doing, get help, go to the police, do something, call your mom. But she tells him to get back in. Mm-hmm. That is the fucking sucker punch that really ruined this case for her. Yeah. That's the bit that gets her undone. But I don't support what she did. At all. I think her actions were despicable. I, I, If ever you're going through a mental health crisis or have a loved one that is, help them. Get help. There is always some help. Never tell somebody that enough's enough, kill themselves. Especially if they're your boyfriend or girlfriend. Was it involuntary manslaughter? I don't know. When I was watching the prosecution episode, obviously I'd only seen one side point of view. And I was thinking it's more than involuntary manslaughter. I was thinking it's murder. It's mm. murder by words. Yeah. Yeah, it is in a way. But the law is such a grey area. Like, obviously my personal views come in. Like, I think suicide being illegal is the most stupid fucking law. How can you make suicide illegal? If someone kills themselves, you can't go, well, that was illegal. But it's the act in itself that's illegal, not the end game. So if you try to commit suicide... um and you don't succeed that's the bit that's so you get you, punished for failing you'd be punished for failing to kill yourself yeah i believe it, so there's a flaw there yeah there's a massive flaw there like obviously suicide is it's never the option for some people i well, thank christ i've never been in that situation hmm. i know people that have been in that situation and at that point that is the only option for them i i can't comment on that situation until I'm there. God forbid that never happens. It's such a grey area because technically she didn't break any laws. However, do we need to adjust the law with all the new technology coming in? Are words now classed as weapons? That's something that's really interesting. Um, Her, she's being tried for texting him kill yourself do it are you going to do it today when are you going to do it kill yourself when are you going to end it da, 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 da. she's being tried for that mm. and yet we see in the documentary 
she receives death threats yeah via social media and when all she's day, walking into the every court day. people are chanting kill yourself at her yeah now what's the difference what what is the difference of why are they not being tried because god forbid well you know what if she did go out the next day in her cell and kill herself yeah. or in her bedroom why did she not kill herself what if she did and that one every single person that shot kill herself the day before you're gonna arrest them yeah you know they've got free speech they're allowed to say what they like they can say kill yourself if she kills herself is it that person's fault mm, i don't know i think the a very clever thing that the defense did is they decided to not have the case in front of a jury they decided to just have the judge decide, which I think clever. was very clever, because a jury would base it on emotion. Very, and if very you base clever. this case purely on emotion, she has killed this boy. Yeah, she would have got a horrend, like a really heavy sentence. However, the judge looked at it without any emotion and looked at it from the law's perspective, mm-hmm. which is what needed to happen. Yeah, it's. Dif- I'm. I know I'm trying to defend her, but if. Michelle Carter wasn't involved in this man's life. Would he be alive now? I think so. Probably. I, yeah. I do believe so. Um, I know you said earlier, it was like, you know, he probably would have killed himself at another time. I don't think so. He was 18. He just passed his captain's license so he could uh, sail boats. Yeah. He had, his grandfather was insanely proud of him. I think it was only like a week or two before he actually ended his life. Um, I think that being 18 is now like a time you start your life then. You know, that's when a new chapter begins. Mm. That's chapter two, you know. Um, get, you get a job. You meet new friends. You you try something different. You, yeah. you, you know, you, you begin to grow as a human being, as an adult. Um, and I think that he could have got better. You know, he, he may have seen things differently. I mean, I know I'm a completely different person now at 26 than I was when I was 18. You yeah, know, when I was 18, I... I um, I was diagnosed with mental health issues when I was 17. And at 17, 18, I, I was in denial for most of those years. Yeah. Complete denial. I had this image that it was an add-on. It was an add-on. I wasn't born with it, which means I don't. it can go. I can't yeah. get rid of it. And so I try and do everything in my power to just ignore it and get rid of it. And then you had to realize, oh, no, actually, I've got this for a long time kind of thing. I need to learn to live with it. Um and I think, you know, he's going through that learning stage where you're learning how to cope with your mental health issues. And clearly his, his, his were, you know, more severe than mine were. Um, he attempted suicide. I have never mm. attempted suicide. I've thought about it. I wouldn't do it. Um, so I'm, in a sense, better off than he was. Yeah. Um, but like I say, I'm now nearly 10 years into having mental health issues and i am pretty good at distinguishing what am i uh what sets me off uh what i'm happy to do uh something i learned was don't do anything that doesn't make you happy if it makes you uncomfortable or anxious don't do it there's no point why don't do it for anyone else except for yourself you know um and i think he's learning he's in that process of learning he's he's actually able to talk about how he feels to someone which is such a big step he says how, like, you know, um, uh, counselling is no good for him. It doesn't work. Well, he talks to Michelle all day, every day. So it does work. It's just who he's supposed to be with. And that's the point, particularly with counselling. Mm. Counselling is such a difficult thing to do. I've done it before, and it hasn't worked. Because it's a personal thing. If you don't get on with the person you're supposed to be talking to, you ain't going to open up. It takes time. And you can go through, like, three or four different counsellors before you feel genuinely comfortable with someone talking to them. 
it just happens that his counsellor was very content with allowing him to do what he wanted to do, which is very destructive. Mm. So I believe, yeah, if he, if she wasn't there convincing him, coercing, uh, coer- is that the word? Coercing. Uh, coercing him into doing it, he'd still be alive today. Maybe. I yeah. think maybe he would have tried it a couple more times, probably. Yeah. What gets really gets me, and I've gone off a bit of rant now, but what really gets me is the mum, uh, his mum. Yeah. His mum says, I had no idea. I had no idea what was going on. If I'd known, I'd have handcuffed him to my car and yeah. took him to a doctor. Even though... Even though... He had attempted. He had attempted it before. Well, what do you mean you had no idea, mum? Because he's done it before. And you just seem to think it's okay now. Mm. That he's fine. Yeah. You need to keep a close eye on your kids. you got to keep a close eye on your kids. It's so important, I think, to have a, such a, a good, open, honest relationship with your kids. L- make make them feel like they can tell you almost anything. And and, and I think this is something that um, our generation of parent is going to be better at, maybe. Yeah. When we're older and we've got kids. Older, I'm fucking 26. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I've got kids, you know, I'd like to be... Have, I'd like to have my kids be put in a position where, you know, they know that having mental health issues is absolutely okay and fine. For the same reason, you'd come to me and say, I've got a stomach ache. I want them to be able to come to me and say, look, I feel really anxious today. You know? And when you talk it out. I mean, I don't, I, I still don't, like, the brain is an organ and a fucking important one. Which so we, when it goes yeah. wrong, like, it and needs we, to be we hardly understand anything about it. Yeah. You know, we understand the the physical aspects of it, you know, they can tell you where the amygdala is and all that sort of yeah. stuff, but ask them how it works. Is you it get nothing. It's a, it's a marvel of fucking engineering, really. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I, I, I briefly alluded to it um, last episode when I said, you know, we were talking about humans being assholes uh, to each other. And I said, you know, humans don't want to do that kind of thing. Humans, by design, don't want to kill themselves. They're not designed to do that. If you think about it from an evolutionary perspective, like, what's the point in evolution? The point is to continue the gene pool going. The point is, is like, you know, you can almost look at the genes as like a, a separate entity that uses your body to pass itself on and and, uh, and mutate and become something different and better, right? What's the point in it killing you? Because it's not going to go anywhere then. You know, humans ain't designed to kill themselves. They want to live. That's why we've got the fight or flight thing. You know, it's ingrained in your brain that you live and you survive. That's why people do incredible things when they're under pressure. Like, yeah. you know, is it 127 hours? Like, breaks his own fucking arm and cuts his own arm off, you know? Yeah. People do some in- crazy stuff when put under such serious life or death situations. So when it gets to the point where you feel like you need to kill yourself, that has some serious red flags. Yeah. You need to sort it out. That's not normal. And I'm sorry, that that, like, you know, it is un- it's not normal. It's weird. It's not normal. Okay. If you feel like that, if you're listening and you feel suicidal, go get some fucking help. Seriously, go get some help. Speak to your friend. Speak to your parent. Someone who's close to you. Go get some help. Because I'm telling you now, that is not normal thinking. It's not supposed to be like that. You can get help. Anyway. So, yeah. The mum, I think, should have yeah. been a bit better. I think. Yeah. I think, staying on mental health, I think, Michelle, we need to look at her as well. Yes. Because it's very clear, very clear she has her own issues. She's not suicidal. 
No. She's on antidepressants, anti-anxiety? Yes, she's on uh, anti-anxiety and antidepressants, um, and he's on something called citalopram, which is an antidepressant. Yeah. Which, I, which I've been on as well. Have you? Yeah, so I've been on citalopram as well. So this is where, um, when, when you've got the psychiatrist talking about her being, you know... Like disillusioned. Disillusioned and stuff like that, I understand that there are... Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Side effects. Side effects to nearly every drug, but, I mean... I don't know. I don't know. I'm very, I'm very skeptical about that. Fair. Okay. They do say it happens in very small. Ca- oh yeah, it's cases. incredibly rare. Yeah. Granted. But I think something that really struck me that I t- didn't see coming is the bit where they focus on Glee. Oh my god, that was crazy. So, Michelle loves Glee, and she particularly identified with the uh, Leah Michelle character. I don't know Glee. I don't know the character. No, name. I don't watch it either. And. In real life, Leah Michelle was married to... Not married, she was engaged to be married to... I've completely forgotten his name. Another actor from Glee. From Glee, Glee yeah. And he died in real life. He overdosed and was found in a hotel in Canada, dead. And in Glee, they did like they killed off the character as well. So it's kind of a weird fucking... I'm so glad there. you said that because I think that's crazy. That's a weird fucking thing to do. But they, they're all singing like pop songs to him. And... Obviously, we all identify with characters. I have characters that I identify with, and I'm like, they're fucking awesome. I see a bit of myself in them. But Michelle did it to the point with Leah Michelle's character that she would take lines out of the show of this grieving girl, take lines out of the show, and text them to her friends. The exact lines. So, so this, for me, is where I think Michelle has just a blurred perception of reality. Yeah. She, she's not in the same headspace as everyone else she doesn't understand how the world works everyone else she's clearly got her own issues that need dealing with and comrade unfortunately was on the end of that whether she saw leah michelle getting attention for being the grieving girlfriend and wanted the same i don't know there is a big argument that she wanted attention i'm not sure how old was she at the time 17 17 i mean we all quote with great power comes great responsibility. Spider-Man, yeah. We all quote, you know, like... Um, I quote The Office daily. Yeah, or, you know, uh, you either die the hero or yeah. you live long enough to... See yourself become the villain. Like, we all quote, like, our favourite movies, favourite TV shows, and, like, you know, you drop those in a text or something like that. Yeah. Maybe she felt that that was the best way she could express herself. You know, uh, maybe that was... Maybe there was no words that she could say that would sound as good as what she heard on Glee and so she sent the Glee text to do it word for word yeah that's fucking crazy yeah I suppose what what really got me with the text is the dry run yeah the dry this is this this is a a thing seen serial killers serial killers do dry runs just to test the water and see how it goes so on it's July 10th um two days before Conrad kills himself uh, takes his own life. Um, she texts a friend saying, oh my God, he's been kidnapped. And then plays out this whole fantasy via text that Comrade has been kidnapped and has gone missing. When in fact she was talking to him. She was texting him at the same time, completely normal. There was nothing wrong at all. But she was getting all the attention from her friend. All the attention she was desperate for, Right. That's crazy. That's fucked up. Yeah, she did. And then, but th- th- this is, I know oh I'm fighting the prosecution here. And then she had established 
that he was missing and suddenly she had to get him to kill himself in order to like play out the rest of the fantasy yeah i'm i I, i'm a big proponent of that fantasy uh theory in that she wasn't suicidal you're right but she did have mental health issues Mm. she had an eating disorder and she had some severe anxiety issues right i the theory kind of is that she almost was living her suicidal thoughts and tendencies through him yeah which is why she was so persistent in getting him to do it because until he does it she can't fulfill those fantasies of her own of killing herself yeah she's never going to do it she knows she can't do it but she can get this other boy to do it and she can live through that and she can get that it's almost like munchausen's disease you know munchausen's disease is a, a disease where people get off on the attention so they uh, they hurt themselves um, to get attention from that yeah, yeah it's almost like that it's like causing pain and discomfort to people and herself so she gets attention yeah she's so desperate for this attention that's crazy it makes you wonder what what was her home life like or is it purely the, it the never, school thing it never went into her mother and father but it, they never, s- they, it seemed felt like they were together well they said fine. uh they said at the end of the documentary both the mother father and michelle declined to comment yeah, yeah that's the thing michelle you never hear speak no, you do like a couple of lines when she's uh, yeah when she's talking to uh, the judge yeah. and to the police when she's uh, seventeen yeah but apart from that she's just a figure yeah she's just yeah this uh, this smirky face one thing that gets me was um, I don't think it was a smirky face it was not a, exactly it was exactly where I'm going it looked it like was one, not but a I smirky think they face just took a picture exactly uh, they have uh, freeze framed her moving her mouth she might have like an itch on the nose and just like. Yeah, so it looks like she's smirking and they they managed to like, you know, freeze frame and take a picture of her, quotes, smirking. Uh, And in the media, you've got, you know, some woman from this TV being like, look at that face. Look at her smirking. Put that back up the screen. Put it back up. Look at her smirking. I know we have American listeners, but American journalism is fucking gotcha journalism. In England, we have issues with the sun, but when you watch like CNN and Fox, they fucking go for people. Yeah, guys, your news news is so dramatised, it's unreal. Like ours is just, here's the facts. You ignore the sun, you ignore fucking newspapers essentially yeah our, yeah. our news channels like news programs in particular like they're, they're very so boring they're very boring it's just here's the facts do with them what you want yeah yeah the only thing that's somewhat relatively interesting now is piers morgan on good morning britain but that's literally been brought up to like give get fucking views and yeah. shit but yeah guys you guys sort, sort your news out because <laughs> it's, it's weird it's that is really weird like when we brits see like news uh channels from the americans yeah it's so alien to it's us so aggressive yeah so aggressive it's like oh my god look at that and it's like all right cool rocking you're a news report you're supposed to be completely impartial anyway we digress but yeah i thought the media were i think the media really they knew which side they were on yeah from the get-go they yeah. they they jumped on it and they influenced the public as well with that yeah, which is sure. if we're going back to the whole she decided not to have a jury of her own peers judge her she decided to have a judge weigh in on the case which like we said earlier was legally a fucking genius move because they were they were finding it so difficult to decide whether she'd actually committed a crime or not 
that if it was a jury that were deciding her fate, she'd have been found guilty almost immediately. Because, purely based on emotion. But purely based on emotion, because they wouldn't give a shit about anything else but the fact that there's a boy dead and she texted him saying, kill yourself, right? Whereas the judges would look at it from a purely legal standpoint and say, okay, legally, has she committed a crime? Mm, no. At what point has she potentially committed some sort of crime? Well, when he got out of the car and called her, she could have stopped it. For that reason alone, that is involuntary manslaughter, because you could have stopped it. But then... It, she lies a lot. It, it became oh, clear to she, she she lies a lot, and the o- there was no phone call. There was no recording of the phone call. Her, her telling him to get back in. He she never texted him to get back in the car. She only ever told her friend that she told him to get back in the car. Yeah. So this potentially could be her running out of sympathy from her friends maybe being like, oh my god, I could have done this. I did this. Give me more sympathy. Yeah. It might never have happened. No, exactly. Yeah, and that's the thing. We, we we just don't know. We really just don't know. I think she's a she's a proven out and out liar. And this is the thing as well. Um, she's been she. What condemned her was the text message to a friend that said that she told him to get back in the car. Now, as we've also established, Michelle Carr is a liar. She lies to her friends. She fibs to get attention. Who's to say that that text was not also a fucking lie? I think there was one thing that kind of said that it was truth the scientists came in and said uh, this wasn't a documentary this is just extra research that i did said that the effects of carbon dioxide is something like in three minutes you begin coughing in five minutes you're retching in 10 minutes you're passed out in 20 minutes you stop breathing that's like the timeline of it right. and the timeline of that she he was on the phone to her for like 46 minutes so the timeline states that he was doing it got out vented the car and then got back in so like the autopsy kind of confirmed that maybe she some she he probably got out and got back in yeah 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 no i'm not doubting no because obviously we know that he got out, we know that he had a phone call you know yeah um so yeah yeah it's chances are he got out and then that's when he rang her we just don't really know what was said necessarily uh yeah. one thing that i find really fucking crazy which is why she's she's a crazy bitch um when she was speaking to the family for her text saying, oh my God, like, yeah. you tried your best, I tried my best. Mum's like, I didn't fucking know, which yeah. she fucking should have, side note. But then also it's when she texts the the, uh, the sister, who by the way has a really fucked up weird spelling name, Camden, C-A-M-D-Y-N. Anyway, <laughs> she texts Camden and it's like, uh, what are you doing with the ashes? Yeah. Remember that? that and she's like, fucked. oh, we're, uh, we're scattering half the ashes in the sea and I can't remember the other half was going. And she was like, oh, that's beautiful. That's really nice. Um, look, I know it's a big ask. I know you probably wouldn't want me to. Any chance I can have some of the ashes? Why would you want to do it? Fucking smear them over your face. Yeah, Why do you that, want the ashes, a, you crazy bitch? That was a strange thing. Really, fucking... really weird. She also set up like fundraisers for mental health and stuff. Yep, so she set up his uh, Homeless for Conrad, which was... In her hometown. In her hometown, which was a baseball game uh, where they would raise money for like ma- mental, uh, health, mental health charities. And when questioned why wasn't in Conrad's hometown, she got very defensive and accused others or asked others, are you trying to take credit for my idea? Yeah, this is my idea. Are you trying to take credit it's for my idea? It's the fact that like two days or however long after she had lost apparently the love of her life as she, quote, literally called him. And she's texting people like, lol, haha, why are you trying to take credit? I'm doing this. Like, yeah, it's the ha-ha, isn't like it? It's so fucked. I, I've, thank fuck I've never been in that situation. But I imagine losing someone that dear to you, if they even were that dear to you, you wouldn't even want to text anyone, let mm. alone text people like, ha-ha, trying to do all this shit. Yeah. I, I, 
Maybe people react differently. I don't know. And one of the mad parts was the day after. The day after she texts a friend and says, hey, do you want to hang out? Yeah. Like, what do you want the to hang fuck? Out? Do you want to hang out to take my mind off of it? What the fuck? Did she do it for attention? I... I don't know. I'm st- I'm so conflicted. And the thing is, like, if you listen to this podcast, I think we've been heavy on the prosecution. And to be fair, she probably does deserve jail time. But watch the documentary and you'll be conflicted as well. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Because th- there's some... Th- I can't put my finger on it, but there's something not right about it. No. And this is the thing. So, all that being said, everything that we've discussed, right? And I know, you, like you said, it's been somewhat more one-sided than the other. And from a legal standpoint, she hasn't done anything illegal. No. In that she has... The Americans are granted freedom of speech. Yeah. They're allowed to say what they like and they can't be ju- uh, they can't be tried for that, right? Which is absolutely fair for that, all right? So she said, kill yourself. She's pressed it. She's pressed it. She's pressed it, okay? Eventually, he's gone and done it. Now, you can't prosecute her for that because she wasn't there. She didn't make him kill himself. She said that he should, and he did. He has complete free will and autonomy to not do that. He doesn't have to do that. He chose to do that, okay, in that moment. Yeah, he's in a, he's a very weakened state of mind. Uh, you could use to say that that is abuse of power uh, in the moment. I think there's a good cause and for, for saying that. But regardless, just because she said he has to do it doesn't mean he had to do it. He, he didn't have to do it, okay? No. But so the problem there in this, um, you know, she shot herself in the foot by saying that she rang her, told her it was working, he was scared, he didn't want to do it, and then she told him to do it, okay? Again, even by saying, get back in the fucking car. He doesn't have to do that. No, he could walk into the shop. He could walk into the shop and uh, ask for help. Can please someone call an ambulance? Can please someone call my mum? He doesn't have to do it. And that's the difficulty there, is that uh, at every turn, just because she says he has to do it, he does not have to do it. No. For instance, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a fucking side note. It, it's way side, right? And it's very different. And it's either going to get a shitload of hate or you're <laughs> going to just shoot me down immediately. <laughs> but Charles Manson... Right. And the Manson family. Where's this going? Exactly, yeah, where's this going? Charles Manson and the Manson family are famous for killing, uh, is it Sharon Stone? And um, uh, as a director's wife, wasn't it? She was pregnant, they killed her, and they killed a couple of other people in their homes. Um, Technically speaking, Charles Manson didn't didn't kill anyone. Uh, I don't think Charles Manson was there on any of those occasions either. He was the orchestrator. He was the orchestrator. So Charles Manson tells them to kill people. They kill people. Um, Technically... Is is that the same boat? Is that in the same ballpark? Yeah. Just because he's told them to kill him, do they have to do it? They don't have to do it, do they? I mean, I mean, it's a bit different. I know it's a cult, and I know that is maybe yeah. repercussions when they come home or something. So maybe we'll part that to one side. But you know, it's something that popped out in my head when uh, I was thinking over this case in particular. Um, but yeah, the crux of it is this: James, go jump off a bridge. No, thank you. Exactly. You don't have to. Just because I say you've got to do it, you don't have to do it. And if you did do it, if when I if after we finish recording all these episodes, I get in my car, I go home, and then tomorrow I get a phone call saying James jumped off a bridge. Is that on you? Is that my fault? Sorry, is that my fault? Because there is a recording of you saying that now. There is a recording of me saying that, and there's also a recording of you saying no. You know, and if you then choose to do it, you go. Well, Ryan told him to do it, and he's gone and done it. And you're like, okay, yeah, he put the idea in his mind. Yeah, it's. 
It's difficult. It's such a grey area and such a fascinating case. Morally, what she's done is fucking... Oh, horrendous. Her actions are despicable. Disgusting. If Absolute ever you disgusting. have someone in your life that needs help, fucking help them. Absolutely disgusting that she would abuse the her position of power in that sense. Um, so, uh, immoral, basically. What she done was immoral. I think her grasp on reality is different from everyone else as well. I agree. Yeah, I think I think so. She's, she does seem to see things differently. She's I, I got a very odd look in way of the world. What month is it now? We're in... We are October. in October. So, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, August. She's like, what, nine months into her sentence? Yeah. Oh, I don't think she'll cope well in prison. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how she's gone. She'll be out soon yeah after christmas yeah yeah you're right like summertime next year i think she'll be out mm-hmm. but i think the prosecution summed it up best at the end was said there are no winners in this case a young man's lost his life and a young woman has served is serving jail time and has lost years of her life mm. for something that is avoidable definitely avoidable um so avoidable so that's pretty much well, I think that's it, really, for the case. Um, unless you've got anything else you really want to bring up? No, I think it's just a case of what she did was wrong. Yeah, what I think she you can did sum that. Maybe wasn't illegal. Yeah, I think that's a good summary of saying what technically what she did was wasn't illegal, but it's very immoral. Yeah. Uh, and you know, if you are ever in that position, fucking help someone, man. And do do laws need to change? Do laws need to change? Yeah, but then you know, you you, you go and you you're literally walking into the freedom of speech territory and yeah. taking bits away from it you know it's difficult otherwise then at that point you can start uh, you can start sentencing twitter trolls who you know threaten your life that that did happen recently Jack Green I'll t- side note completely but Aston Villa is a football team in Birmingham so is Birmingham City they're big rivals Aston Villa were playing Birmingham City and a Birmingham City fan ran onto a pitch and punched Jack Grealish at the same time this happened a Birmingham City fan went on Twitter added Jack Grealish and started abusing him about his dead brother. That guy on Twitter is, was in court the other day for his comments. Really? He was be, he was in court for being a Twitter troll. Interesting. So I think the law is progressing. I think the law in Massachusetts was different. Mm. I, th- I think it was different from the rest of America. But the law is progressing to the point where words can be seen as weapons. And trolling is getting people prosecuted. It's difficult. It's very difficult and very dangerous ground, I think. It, because then it becomes a point of like obviously you've got a lot of banter culture like something to me might be harmless to someone else is devastating yeah but that's that that then is um you know uh what's the word i'm looking for you know it's it's relative yeah that's relative you know it, it's harmless to you it's, it's devastating to someone else but then can you have a go at the person that said that thing just because one person was upset by it no but then does the person who was upset by it have a right to not be upset by things they have a right to be upset by it, yeah, but that's up to them to deal with it. That's not up. It, the onus is not on the person who upset them, yeah, because they can't that's guarantee that they they, they they don't know that they was going to upset. That's the whole thing with comedy. Now I think maybe the point is, uh, may maybe the point is, did you go with intention to upset someone? Exactly. Can you do someone for that? Yeah. Maybe so. So yeah. with this Jack uh, Jack Relish and his Twitter troll. That person actively went out of his way to upset yeah, someone. Yeah, sort out an individual. Yeah. Whereas if you're like a comedian on stage and you're talking to an audience, you're not honing in on one individual and no. attacking. It's no. not. What's the word? Oh, I don't know the word. It, you, you're, you're not targeting. Yeah. 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 It's not malicious. No. Yeah, you're right. Um, 
So yeah, it, that is a fascinating, fascinating case, and yeah, it's something that you know you can debate and discuss amongst yourselves. Uh, feel free to you know discuss it with us. Watch the documentary for sure. I'd recommend it to all. It's Absolutely, really well made as well. Really well made. Get yourself like a a cup of tea, sit down, and have a have a watch. Yeah, definitely watch that. That that documentary is called "I Love You Now Die," and that's on Sky Crime. I'm sure you can find it elsewhere. It's a HBO documentary. I watched it so on Now TV. It. Oh, yeah, so you can get Now TV. You'll definitely find it on HBO. And, um, yeah, definitely check it out. And like I say, if you do have anything that you want to talk to uh, that about with us, like if there's anything you want to bring up or say, you know, I didn't like that or that's something you didn't talk about, definitely hit us up uh, on Instagram. You can find us. Th- this story is so deep. We've missed oh, God, so yeah. much. Yeah, this 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 thing is like, this is like a, an iceberg. Like yeah. you, We've just got to the top, but there's yeah. so much underneath. We have missed so much. Uh, so yeah hit us up on uh, Instagram at that's what people do podcast find us on Facebook at that's what people do find us on Twitter at that's WPD or just drop us an email on that's what people do podcast at gmail.com also while we're at it obviously we've uh, spoke a bit about mental health Um, I've spoke briefly a bit about my own um, personal uh, story with mental health Um, if at all you are feeling down or if you feel like there's no one to talk to um, please you can always call the Samaritans the Samaritans have a number you can call them at 116-123 and that line is free okay so um, they're open 24-7 that's 116-123 is that universal or is that just the UK I believe that's for the UK Um, um, I'm sure America will have their own American, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you will. Um, well, failing that, just drop us a fucking message. I'll have a chat. Yeah, honestly, yeah, just, yeah, drop us an email or something. I'll happily sit and talk to you. Um, so yeah, if you are feeling down, if you are feeling a bit, you know, in a in a rut, always, always, always seek out help. Go speak to someone. Tell someone, you know, to say, you know what, I'm not feeling great. You know, it's okay to not be okay. So do do get help. It really you really will get better i promise you that and if you see any red flags with your friends like call them out bring yeah. them up on it absolutely help them don't do what michelle carter did don't if, you, if you think that someone wants to die and you think you're helping them by telling them to you're not you're not because his family will suffer and it's just a loss of life which is a shame hmm but yeah, I thought I feel like that was that was a very interesting episode. We could have gone on for hours and hours about the morals and the law and yeah, all the all the spiel. But go and watch the documentary. Get your own thoughts and opinions on it, and let us know what you think. Yeah, for sure, because it's it's a juicy one and one that I think is kind of groundbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a new new place in the law. So yeah, it's something to think about. All right, guys. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope that was interesting for you. Apologies if you know that was a bit all over the place unlike what we usually do yeah. uh, but it's been it's a crazy crazy case and even crazy. we weren't sure where to start with this so thank you very much for sticking with it and listening and i hope you enjoyed it yeah and uh, next week we'll be lightening the mood a bit fucking hell i don't know why i've done it i'm just looking at my notes now we're gonna go for william shakespeare smashing we're gonna go for the bard yeah most famous one of man. the most famous people to ever live yeah all right guys we'll see you next week all right thanks for listening tatty bye